Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Austin Lloyd, and this is The Daily Download. Today, I'll provide our listeners with an exclusive Housing Wire interview, which I conducted with David Stevens, the former head of the Federal Housing Administration and former Mortgage Bankers Association president who serves as CEO of Mountain Lake Consulting. In this interview, Stevens addresses whether or not the Federal Housing Finance Agency is doing enough to address the nation's uptick and forbearance requests from financially strained borrowers. But before you listen, HousingWire's HW Plus Managing Editor Brenna Nath will touch on today's top stories, ranging from coronavirus's impact on California's real estate market and Movement Mortgage's decision to lower its minimum FICO credit scores on Federal Housing Administration and Department of Veteran Affairs loans. Before we dive in, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Before jumping into our interview with Dave Stevens on how the government is handling forbearance right now, we have two other top stories to break down. For the first story, Housing Wire's Phil Hall covered the status of California's housing market. While it was the first state to issue a stay-at-home edict to halt the spread of COVID-19, California's housing and mortgage markets continue to operate, albeit within tighter parameters. California Association of Realtors Senior Vice President and Chief Economist Leslie Appleton-Young stated that she thinks the state is going to see another significant drop in sales in April, adding that the March data did not include the historic job losses and economic mayhem that kicked off last month. In March, the median price for an existing single-family home was $612,000, which could be problematic in the current environment due to funding issues. California is about 20% jumbo, and currently that market has either tightened up or completely disappeared. Appleton Young did add that the pent-up demand will uncork when the pandemic abates, but she theorized that not every market is going to be swept up with a new tide of buying and selling. She also forecasted a potential shift in the expanding homeownership opportunities for lower- and middle-income households, thanks to a possible change in the commercial real estate sector. Jumping into the second story of the day, Movement Mortgage CEO Casey Crawford told his employees Tuesday evening that the company is undoing many of the recent changes it's made to its mortgage lending policies, announcing that the company is rolling back many of its overlays and lowering its minimum FICO credit scores on FHA and VA loans to 620. The move is opposite of what many lenders have done in recent weeks, as lenders have raised their FICO minimums to 680 or above. Beyond that, Movement is also moving to retain the servicing on most of their GSC and government loans. The company reached a subservicing agreement with ServiceMac, which will begin servicing both government and agency loans for Movement. In the announcement, Crawford said that by making a decision to retain their servicing, Movement loan officers are much better equipped to offer even more competitive pricing and serve even more borrowers as they live out their mission of loving and serving people in communities across America. To wrap up today's podcast, here's Alcina Lloyd in her interview with Dave Stevens on the liquidity concerns non-banks are facing. 
morning, Ms. David. Great to be with you. Thank you. So as you know, it's been a very busy and trying time as COVID-19 has impacted every housing market nationwide. The last several weeks, the mortgage servicing industry has been lobbying the government to set up a federally backed liquidity facility for U.S. mortgage servicers to address the rapid rise in forbearance requests from the nation's financially strained borrowers. Our latest update on this request came yesterday as it was announced that rather than setting up a liquidity facility, which could help servicers cover principal and interest payments, the Federal Housing Finance Agency was moving to change Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's policies to limit the number of payments servicers will be required to make. Dave, do you think these recent moves are enough to address the industry's forbearance concerns? The short answer is no. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm glad they did something. Um, it's a little bit late. And so we already saw significant credit tightening as a result of uh, the director of FHFA and his team not stepping in. Um, but in, in just a quick explanation. So the FHFA, instead of having servicers be required to advance the forbearance payments, payments for the full term of forbearance, which could be six months, it could actually be up to a year because you can extend for another six months under the under the CARES Act. Um, they capped it at four months only, at which point the GSEs would then take over the advanced requirements. The problem is that in that four month period, we could see an extraordinary amount of liquidity being advanced. And unlike other forbearance programs that have existed uh, prior to the CARES Act, these, I don't think, will get any repayment back until the borrower ends his or her forbearance pro plan and begins to repay back whatever the advances were, which could be months or years beyond that. So um, there's, there's still an outrageous amount of liquidity being advanced for servicing that Freddie and Fannie own, um, that these services are servicing for them on their behalf. Uh, and it's putting, you know, an unreal, really outrageous amount of liquidity pressure onto um, the non-bank community in particular, but servicers across the board. But again, it is it helps to limit it to four months. It just doesn't go far enough. Okay, so going back to my question, you and others have been very vocal and very clear on how this could potentially harm or create a crisis within the market. Can you explain in detail why you think this move is misguided? Well, uh, you know, so let's just say a, a mortgage payment principal and interest is, um, well, let me, let me put it this way. Uh, the MBA in their letter, uh, and I've seen other estimates by economists such as Mark Zandi um, and Jim Parrott, who co-authored a piece that was published in USA Today, that if if, if the amount of forbearances, uh, amount of homeowners who opted for forbearance reached 25%, that would be, that would cost approximately $100 billion over the first six months alone. A lot more, obviously, if it goes beyond that. And let's say 70 to $100 billion. Um, there's not enough liquidity in the market. I mean, the entire servicing industry makes, made last year maybe $10 billion total income. Uh, so... We're talking about seven times that amount. And uh, that amount of liquidity, if it had gone on for the full six-month period, could put the entire servicing market literally out of business. It could, it could have forced particularly non-bank servicers to fail. And the reason why I'm focused on non-banks is banks, they have the same challenge. It's going to cost them the same uh, proportionally. But banks have access to things that non-banks don't. 
banks can access the Federal Reserve Bank that has a window um, that lends to banks. And so banks like JP Morgan and Bank of America, they can, they can tap the window. They can issue stock to raise money. They could tap into the federal home loan bank system, which non-banks are not allowed to access. And so, well, and they also have other business lines that they could tap into. Um, and so while it's going to be extremely expensive, these advances for all servicers, bank and non-bank alike, non-bank servicers, which have, um, and non-banks uh, last year did 65% of all mortgages in the country, um, they are it's just it's it, the amount of liquidity that has to be advanced is incredible by limiting it to four months okay so it's two-thirds of the 70 billion or 100 billion dollars it still far exceeds the amount of liquidity capacity that exists in the marketplace so we risk the failure of a lot of non-bank uh, servicing companies there's some technical reasons why they may get by for a few months uh, which I could explain if you want but it may bore people but um, you know, nevertheless, it's an outrageous amount of, of capital dollars that they have to advance to the mortgage-backed securities holders because the borrower is not making the payment, and now they have to. And um, you know, the outcome of this is it could cause extraordinary distortions in the marketplace, not just the failure of servicing companies. For those that fail, um, for all those consumers who are making their payment to this company, they're going to have to go to a, to a servicing transfer, which is always an awkward thing. We are going to fade out that interview there and feature the full-length interview in a HW Plus article online. Stevens continues to talk about what is happening to non-banks right now, along with his thoughts on FHFA Director Mark Calabria and what he would do differently. Thanks again for listening to the daily download today and to access the premium HW Plus content that includes today's California coverage and the Dave Stevens interview, feel free to reach out to me for an exclusive podcast discount code so you never have to miss our coverage that digs deeper into the why behind the news cycle. That's all for today's episode and join us again on Monday as we continue to break down the top news stories. 